Welcome to the Third Growth Option Podcast, where we talk with business leaders and innovators hungry to drive growth that can be faster than internal organic growth and less risky than acquisition. Your moderator is Bernal Dunkerspula, Chief Sherpa and CEO at Realign, who has led private equity-owned distributors through turnarounds and growth. With battle-proven leaders from all frontiers, we want to provoke thinking about business growth beyond conventional wisdom and binary choices. Hey, I'm Benno, uh, your host and talking today with Gavin Mark, CEO and owner and light bulb moment igniter for DM Merchandising. Gavin, welcome to Third Growth Option Podcast. Thank you, Benno. It's great to be here. Gavin, you grew up in your family's business and, and they put you on a what you refer to as a four-year hustle and grind rotation before they gave you the keys to the creative department and then you took on a GM role about 10 years ago and then a CEO role of DM Merchandising back in 2017. You talk about growth mindset and how important that is to you as sort of a foundation. So I, I want to talk about you know, what growth mindset means and, and, and other sort of tactical things and how you, business philosophies and other leadership tools... Before we even start, how did you come up with Lightbulb Moment Igniter, which is on your LinkedIn profile, you're calling yourself that. I, I love that. You know, who doesn't like a good lightbulb moment? You know, and I, I think it's when I took over the business, as you mentioned, that I changed my LinkedIn profile and I added that, realizing that my role now is not to seek personal lightbulb moments, but even though they're great but to ignite them in, uh, in others. So that, that's one of the answers. I'll give you the other answer is that I thought it sounded pretty cool and I tossed it up there with the intention of taking it down, but it's actually been a great conversation starter. I did not expect so many people to ask me about light bulb moment igniter, so I'm going to keep it up there. There was also, Benno, it's, it's funny, there's an unforeseen benefit that I did not expect with that uh, those, the use of words which is, it's a great way to quickly identify automated solicitations. So I get emails all the time that say, hi, Gavin, I work specifically with CEOs and light bulb moment igniters. <laughs> Busted. Delete. And then I know it's, it's a block. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's great. And then another thing I, I, you told me when we spoke in September it seemed like a good idea in September. We're recording this the day before Thanksgiving in November. It seems like a terrible idea now. You jump into the lake, Lake Michigan. Apparently, you did that this morning. How cold was it? Why on earth would you do that? Yep, so I'm, I'm still thawing out as we speak here. This is something that I started three seasons ago, so three winters ago, and our, our winter season's starting again right now. And... The way that it started is I, I was interested in this. And I'm always interested in just ways to kind of become better and what can I do to help clarity and efficiency and everything else. And uh, and I'm kind of a you know extreme guy in some in some ways. My cousin Miles, who runs our creative department, found a Instagram link and he said, "Hey, Gav, I, I think this is something that you're into because I know you've talked about this." Meanwhile, I've never done it before, and this was three winters ago. This was in probably December, you know, 10 degrees out, 
ice everywhere. And he showed me this community that is uh, that happens to be uh, in in the town that I that I live in. So I went home that night. I woke up the next morning at five o'clock, and by six o'clock, I was at the lake, hoping that there would be other people there. It's pitch black out. I see two guys through my headlights just standing there on the beach um, with towels in their hands. And I yelled out the window, is this where we plunge? And uh, they said, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll show you the way. And uh, so I get out and I'm barefoot in a bathing suit. It's 10 degrees outside, walk across the ice and the snow. And these guys that supposedly were going to show me the way were already in the water, nowhere to be found. So it was quite intimidating. I got in. My first plunge was eight seconds. <laughs> uh, Which is seven seconds longer than I would have lasted. Yeah, got, got back into my car, and and it was, a, it was an intimidating uh, experience. Then the next day, I went again. There was a little bit bigger of a crowd. There was a, uh, a woman that I actually know from our school district, and she said, hey, Gav, and, and talked me through some breathing techniques. And that time I was in for two minutes. And, uh, you know, today I was in for about 10 minutes. And the water's not, the water's 40 right now. It's going to drop to about 33. Right above freezing. Right above freezing. Sometimes we have to break through the ice. Uh, sometimes there's waves. You never know what conditions you're going to get. I'm on over 100 plunges now, and it's just, uh, just a part of my life. What does it do for you? Does it it, it crystallizes? Uh, it's a shock treatment. It's a. I mean, I I remember. I told you, growing up in Germany, Germans really believe in cold showers. And actually, when I came to the U.S. as as a sixteen year old, everybody was talking about hot showers. I'm like, hot showers? What is this hot shower thing you're talking about? <laughs> and I've since become a hot shower evangelist. And w- what happens in your mind and I mean what why are you addicted to jumping into almost freezing water so I, I think two things happen and there's definitely physical results that I see so just in uh, in terms of inflammation and it's kind of like doing a you know a cardio workout and the endorphins and the serotonin that you have afterwards uh, you can feel it just mental mentally clear uh, you know when I get into the office after a day that I've that I've been in the lake, I'm firing on all cylinders most of the time. But, you know, the other thing that is probably the most important is when you start your day doing the most difficult thing, right? It, it never gets easy either. I, I drive up to the lake. I get the butterflies, you know, in my stomach. It's it's dark out. Uh, it's cold out. It's windy. And I know that I'm going to be, you know, submerging into the dark lake with a bunch of other lunatics, whoever's there. And... Uh, <laughs> And when you start your day like that, everything just Becomes seems easy after that. everything's achievable. Everything's easy afterwards. So it's so it's it's been a little bit of and again, I, I now I sound like an evangelist again, and I'm and I I try not to, but I I just believe in it so much. Well, you've jumped into a freezing lake a hundred times, so you get to be an evangelist about it. So let's talk about growth mindset, right? So this idea of Fixed mindset versus growth mindset, you know, fixed mindset is sort of conservative, buttoned on the hatches, make sure you don't screw anything up. Whereas growth mindset is about nurturing, go west, young man, think bigger tomorrow than yesterday, right? What turned you into a growth mindset evangelist? It probably, I've I've always been interested, even though it's so maybe cliche, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but 
I followed a lot of self-help, you know, quote unquote, self-help people, uh, even at a younger age. People laugh when I tell them because, you know, Tony Robbins gets a bad rap. But I went to a Tony Robbins four-day seminar when I was, I had to be uh, 19 or 20 years old. Went to the seminar, did the whole thing, walked on fire. But it was a huge, it was a huge eye-opener for me. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a lot that obviously is salesmanship on his side, but it is, it is, I actually respect that piece of it as much as I respect the actual content that's coming out. So I think that kicked off my journey. Since then, you know, I've been kind of a insatiable reader and, and um, learner. I joined an organization about six years ago called YPO. Um, I think you've had a couple of YPO guests on before. That's right. A young President's Organization. I, I belong to Vistage, which is similar to YPO. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, and, and so as you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of uh, productive and curious people. Lifelong learners. Lifelong learners. And it, so it just con- it continues to fuel that. And, uh, and I've tried to instill it, you know, in the business and in my, in my family. What is the most difficult part of staying positive, staying focused, staying, you know, forward looking? I mean, they, they, we all have bad days, right? We all sort of fall back at times. What, what's the most difficult thing for you to stay sharp? What I try to bring to the business. So I, I have a quote, I have a quote on my, uh, on my desk that I put in a little frame that says the mood of the King is the mood of the kingdom. And I look at this all the time to remind myself, and this doesn't have to just be a, a business owner or a, a business leader or any a leader of any sort. Everybody has their own kingdom. Right. So I tell my wife all the time, the mood of the queen is the mood of the queendom. So, you know, everybody has their own, their own kingdom. And it's really the mood that you bring to work every day or to that, you know, quote unquote kingdom is going to spread and it's, and it's contagious. Unfortunately, I think uh, negative attitude spreads quicker than positive. So you got to always be on the defense with that. But I think to answer your question, you know, what makes it difficult is really, outside influences. So, you know, the, the world is a messy place. Everybody has their, everybody has their problems. They have their, whether it's, you know, finances, whether there's, there's wars across the world going on, there's, uh, there's little micro wars going on within our, within our country. There's just so much um, stress and kind of heaviness. And that bleeds into the business um, because the business is constructed of people. You know, we're not machines, at least yet, you know, with the rise of AI, but we're not machines. We're people and people have feelings and people have stress and that bleeds into the, into the business. So for me, I, I think one of the, the most difficult thing is, is kind of managing all of those emotions and knowing which ones to not be annoyed by or steer my, um, my attitude. I have another quote on my desk. I'm going to butcher this, but this is actually from, uh, this was on a, um, a note card that my dad wrote in 1974. And I, I found it and I put it in a little frame. A man is as big as the things that annoy him. And I don't know if he, I don't know if he made that up or if he got that uh, somewhere, but I look at that all the time as well. So having the discipline to allow things to not annoy you. I mean, you're really talking about being intentional about not letting 
certain things annoy us, not letting certain things distract us. I love the quote, uh, mood of the king is the mood of the kingdom. And, and, and in terms of being you know, intentional in our growth mindset, growth outlook, you're very intentional about your own superpowers. There are certain things that we're all very good at. There are certain things we're all not good at and struggle with. And talk to me a little bit about your superpowers and how you are also intentional about letting others use their superpowers, you know, hopefully the ones that are not yours. You know, I would say that, um, well, superpower is a strong, a strong word. Intentionally so, yes, sir. So, <laughs> <laughs> one of my superpowers, I, I guess, would be knowing that I don't have all the superpowers, um, which is important. When you're younger, you think that... Uh, we think all, we have all of them, right? You've got all the answers, you know, and... Uh, I would say in uh, this phase of my life, um, you know, more than ever, I've realized that I don't. I, within the business, I've made sure to, and I continue to, I mean, this is always a work in progress. I continue to bring the right people on the bus, get the wrong people off the bus, make sure that I'm surrounding myself with people that have superpowers, um, you know, and strengths that I don't have. Something that I've, I've gotten better at that I, I think is really important is having the discipline to say no. And, uh, and really avoiding what I call shiny objects, right? So everything's exciting. Everything is, uh, everything's, you're always being sold. I think there's a line that sell or be sold, you know? Um, you're always being sold by, by someone or, or something. And if you try to chase every shiny object, you're going to get lost pretty quickly. So I, I think that's been one of my, uh, in the, again, in this phase where I've, I've gotten pretty good at, at knowing what to say no to and just to really stay focused on on what we do best. Somebody told me no is the most powerful word in the English language. And, and, and I think it is hard for many of us. Uh, well, it's hard for all of us sometimes and it's hard for many of us too often to say no because we want, you know, you want to please, you want to make, you, you want to say yes. And, and it is so important to be very clear about what to say no to and 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 i th you know i think you have also been quite intentional about building your team with the strengths that are not your superpowers you talk about putting people the right people on on the, the right seats of the bus talk about how putting some people on the right seats of the bus has helped you stay clearer and more focused. A notable um, example, this comes up right now, actually, because I was just talking to another business that was going through an ERP transformation and it's been going on for, for well over a year now and there's no end in sight and kind of the wheels are falling off. It's a reminder of, so we, we just went through one as well. We, we did a big transformation. We moved from kind of an old, old archaic dinosaur called Macola, which was our system before. You know, I think it was probably just a couple steps ahead of MS-DOS type of technology. Uh, we moved over to NetSuite, which is, you know, one of the, the best in breed kind of brands. And uh, I, I'm, I'm proud of how we did it. We did this. ERP transformation. We also did a big warehouse management system transformation. 
I pressed the big red button, as I call it, in uh, December of 2022 to go live on January 1st. And going back to your question, um, in order to make this happen, this was a three-year plan. And I knew it needed to be done. There was an expiration date on the system that we had, but we had that system for 20 years. So the amount of data that was in it was was unbelievable. Every single purchase order, every item, every transaction, um, every customer. And about two years ago, I hired on a COO who's been great. His name's John. He's been uh, he's been great for the business. But you know, the other piece is he really understood the technology part of it. And I wanted him to be in the business for a couple of years to understand it and take lead on the transformation, um, knowing that I'm not going to be the person sitting in the driver's seat as we on this project. Also brought in a new head of IT, uh, Vince, who's also been phenomenal. And he and John really took lead on this. We hired outside consultants. We brought in all the outsiders. We did what we had to do in that sense. But since we had inside talent that was steering the operation, it, it worked really well. And, and I got to say, I'm, I'm proud of my entire team. I've had people that have been with me for 30 years, and I have people that's been with me for 30 days, essentially. And it was scary to a lot of the people that have been with me for a long time because change is difficult and everybody had to relearn their jobs completely. And it was stressful. But at the end of the day, and I was reflecting on this yesterday, actually, I was talking to, to one of my sales guys and, and reflecting on this. So at the end of the day, even the ones that were resistant to the change came around, understood the importance and worked to make it happen. We pulled the, the, the trigger, we pressed the button in January 1st. We spent about three or four months uh, fixing the plane as we were flying it. And yeah, now we're on the other side of it. But it was scary for the whole team, right? Including the person, the COO and the head of IT, you know, who are, of all of you, are probably the ones that were most comfortable with and familiar with, you know, what is entailed in an ERP transformation. But it must have been scary for you to hit as you say hit the red button and say let's go we're not we're not ready we're never going to be ready until we jump into the cold lake here right yeah that button could have represented two different things and in, in my mind it did at the time so i'm either i'm either pressing uh, a button that is going to secure our future and give us an opportunity to grow comfortably with all the technology that we need and, and help us do that or impressing the button that uh, it's going to set off the nuclear bomb and uh, you know and the whole <laughs> building blows up. I was pretty confident that it was going to be the the former, the former. But you never know; it's in the back of your mind. So there's definitely some sleepless nights before you actually press it. Talk a little bit just about your business philosophies that drive your. You know, I mean, there's the growth mindset. There is the repair the plane while flying the plane. You talk about embracing discomfort, which I think is huge. You talk about mediocrity and, and how do you keep mediocrity out of the business? Yeah, I, I think jumping to the mediocrity is, um, I think that embracing discomfort is how you keep mediocrity out. So I, I do think comfort is the killer. It leads to complacency and it leads to mediocrity creep. And mediocrity creep is it's this slow and almost invisible thing that over time will end up killing you and kill everyone around you, right? Not to be dramatic here, but that's why when 
I'm sensing too much comfort. Um, we have to shake things up. And that's, I mean, that's, that's in the business and that's personally as well. Making yourself uncomfortable is, is important. I think a big problem with our country and probably the world and humanity, the, the <laughs> humanity and the obesity epidemic and depression and a, a lot of other, uh, I'll call them symptoms um, of being too comfortable are out there. So, so that's, that's something I try to bring into the organization. You know, another one is, is around decision-making. So I, I call this the three C win. All right. So the three C's you've got the company, the customer and the consumer. Whenever making a decision, it's important to have a, a positive outcome for, for all three, for the company, the customer and the consumer. Without this, the wins are temporary. And then with this, the wins are reoccurring. So this is one of those things that takes discipline. Sometimes it's easy to make a decision that's going to be temporarily beneficial for the company, raising a price on something to increase margin. Or, you know, that's probably the easiest uh, low-hanging fruit of an example, but, um, but there's a million others. Or being contorted too much by the customer and making decisions that actually can hurt the, the, the company. And then what I think a lot of uh, vendors perhaps in our kind of world maybe don't look at is is the consumer as well. The consumer has to have a win when they're purchasing the products that we're developing. It has to be a win on the consumer level. Otherwise, uh, again, it's not going to be reoccurring and it's just a temporary win. You know, timing is something that uh, is, is kind of a philosophy of mine, which I'm always trying to develop and, and get better at. But uh, I use the saying that we can do it all. We just can't do it all right now. And that really ties into change. Um, how quick can you change things? How many things can you change? And, and always changing things for the, not for the sake of change, but because it's necessary. But, you know, an organization, uh, it's almost a, a living, breathing thing and it needs to be able to digest it. You can't just uh, shove it all down the throats and hope that it, it digests well. It doesn't work uh, like that. And so that's something that I've been developing over time. It's just having a, having a healthy cadence on change and new things that we, we bring into the organization. I love this quote that's attributed to Bill Gates, who, the, who knows if he actually said it or some, somebody else did, talking about timing and cadence and how much, how much change is digestible. He said, we all overestimate how much we can get done you know, this week or this year, and we all underestimate how much we can get done in the next 10 years, five years or 10 years. And I think that's so powerful to remind ourselves, to remember that even though we're disappointed ourselves by you know, not getting our daily to-do list done every single day or not getting our quarterly list done every single quarter, we stop thinking big enough five or 10 years out, don't we? Yeah, that's, that's so right on. I love that quote. That makes a lot of sense. Gavin... I so appreciate you spending time with me and, and our listeners and just kind of talking through your leadership tools, growth mindset. I love the quote, uh, the mood of the king is the mood of the kingdom. If folks wanted to reach out to you one-on-one, where might they find you? I would say the best place is uh, my LinkedIn. You can just look up Gavin Marks. Company is DM Merchandising. Uh, if you're interested in seeing the products that we carry, the brands that we create, go to 247dm.com. But if you want to personally reach out to me, hit me with a DM on LinkedIn. Awesome. 
Thank you so much, Gavin. This was fun. Yeah, thanks, Beno. Appreciate it. Hey, if uh, folks wanted to explore other growth topics, you can find me on our website, realignforresults.com, or just email Benno, B-E-N-N-O, at realignforresults.com. Thank you, and keep growing. You can listen to more episodes on Apple, Spotify, or Google. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review it. Share it with your friends or colleagues if you enjoyed the content. Always growing.